president of the United States is deeply on edge, seething with anger and feeling increasingly isolated. A special prosecutor's subpoenas and indictments have gripped the White House with fear and fueled it with suspicion. The president rants about his enemies, who he says are out to get him. At the same time, he rages at members of his own cabinet, bitter that they are not doing enough to protect him. He doesn't know who he can trust anymore. He lashes out at the media, who he has deemed the enemy of decent Americans. His aides are increasingly worried about his volatile, erratic behavior and fear his mental instability will impair his ability to govern. The fits of rage and bouts of paranoia are worst in the evenings as he wanders the West Wing, talking to the framed pictures of his predecessors hanging on the darkened walls. President Trump in 2018? Nope, that's a portrait of Richard Nixon in the dark hours before he resigned from the presidency, drawn largely from Bob Woodward's and Carl Bernstein's The Final Days. They're riveting behind-the-scenes account of Nixon's fall from office. But it bears a remarkable resemblance to a similarly brooding and paranoid Donald Trump depicted in a recent Washington Post story. That last scene of a Nixon in the darkened halls of the White House, talking to the portraits, as it were, was one of the most haunting images of the 35th president's final hours before he became the first chief executive to resign from office. And so for Watergate junkies, talking to the portraits entered the lexicon, an evocative way of describing the high and mighty brought low by their own tragic flaws and losing their grip on reality. This week on Skullduggery's Buried Treasure, talking to the portraits. I'm Dan Clydman, Editor-in-Chief of Yahoo News. And I'm Michael Isikoff, Chief Investigative Correspondent for Yahoo News. So Isikoff, the similarities are, are eerie. The lashing out, the volatility, the distrust of those around him. I mean, Trump may not be uh, talking to portraits of presidents, um, but by all accounts, he is talking to the television monitors that he's got perpetually tuned to you know, Fox News um, or, or CNN. Um, you know, seeking solace from the Fox anchors and lashing out at the CNN anchors. And look, there's another striking parallel, which is that Nixon had a special prosecutor closing in on him. Uh, and, um, you know, Trump has his own special counsel, Robert Mueller. And you do have to wonder to what degree Trump's seemingly unhinged behavior at times um, is related to a perception that um, uh, the noose might be tightening. Yeah, and, and Trump, this is all happening for Trump in such a different kind of media environment, um, which, you know, he, he thrives on um, in a lot of ways. Uh, but on the other hand, you know, when, when Nixon was going through this, yes, there was the Washington Post, yes, there were a lot of stories. But, I mean, the sort of a avalanche of stories, the circus atmosphere – you know, he's on Twitter, the kind of crazy feedback loop that also probably uh, kind of has uh, an, an impact on his uh, psyche. And it's all kind of happening in, in real time and unfolding before our eyes. Look, there are also important uh, differences that we, right. should, we should talk about. First of all, um, you know, for Nixon, when he was talking to the portraits, um, it was uh, at the very end. Um, right. The jig was up for him. I mean, you know, the House Judiciary Committee had already voted voted out articles of impeachment. Um, you know, there'd been a lot of indictments um, and he was and there were a lot of people um, and people in his party and in the White House who were essentially telling him uh, that he had to resign. One of the things that struck me in rereading the final days uh, just last night, actually, um, is there was a reason Nixon was becoming unhinged at that point, which is that 
he had known for months about this smoking gun tape. He had listened to the tape in May of 74. It doesn't become known to the White House staff when it gets turned over until July. Um, So for that entire period, um, he knows there's this smoking gun time bomb just about to go off that's going to go off. It's inevitable. Um, And um, it seems to have driven Nixon mad. Yeah, that's right. And I think a lot of that was devastating to uh, Nixon's cabinet and some of the people who might have otherwise supported him when they found out how much he knew uh, that he hadn't revealed but then came out um, when the Nixon tapes, uh, when that was revealed. Yeah, James St. Clair, who was Nixon's lawyer, was the one who was most horrified because he had made representations to the House Judiciary Committee that there were there were. There was no evidence that would implicate the president. There was nothing in the tapes. There were no transcripts um, that contradicted his public uh, accounts. And at that point, he thought he might have to resign um, uh, just because— St. Clair did, St. Clair, because he made those representations. The other thing— And and it's worth saying that, like, uh, you know, we learned just this week about uh, Trump uh, uh, talking to McGahn— uh, uh, about his testimony to Mueller and about whether um, uh, McGahn had told uh, Mueller that Trump had tried to get him to fire Sessions. And right, didn't Trump say he didn't? And then McGahn said— And, then, uh, and McGahn said, contradicts him. Con- Trump is contradicted by his own, by lawyer, his own lawyer saying, oh, yeah. yes, you did, Mr. Yeah. President. The other thing I wanted to say quickly is, you know, we've talked about the sort of author- authoritarian impulses of, of uh, Donald Trump— Um, And there are people who I think will ask the question, if Donald Trump finds himself in the same situation that Nixon was, was found himself in, in in, August of 1974, how will he handle it? If you go back to Nixon, uh, I had forgotten about this, but it's so fascinating that that James Schlesinger, who was the defense secretary uh, at the time, actually went to uh, the uh, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the, the nation's top military man, and, and uh, told him not to take any direct military orders from the president, from President Nixon, because uh, there were questions about uh, whether uh, Nixon might fi- try to use the military to protect his, his power. And there were rumblings about, you know, coups at the time. It was such a crazy time. It's a little hard to imagine that now. Look, uh, this, that, this was a de facto uh, implementation of uh, what we now refer to as the 25th Amendment. Basically, the cabinet uh, stepping up, uh, fearing the president is not mentally fit to do his job. Um, Which people talked about then, and of course there's been discussion about that now. Um, look, the, there, there are similarities, there, there are differences in terms of um, you know, the, sort of the, the, the history and, and, and the events took place. Ultimately, there, there are a lot of kind of um, – th- these two figures are, are psychologically similar in a lot of ways. I mean they're, they're driven, powerfully driven by their insecurities. They, they can't control their, their inner demons. Um, they thrive on conflict and opposition. Um, and they both had kind of a, a, a vindictive streak that's a mile wide. Um, and so, um, you know, they're not the same people, but uh, there are very interesting parallels. Well, it all uh, hits home to me, uh, not to date myself, but I well remember those days when the Nixon tapes were uh, being released uh 
I was in college, um, and we used to reenact the tapes uh, in my college dorm. Uh, uh, I would often play uh, Haldeman, um, my friend's. Uh, would play Ehrlichman and somebody else would play Nixon. All Haldeman. You're just you're yeah. in character. Mike. <laughs> right. uh, exactly. Look, sadly, there there's the uh, enforcer. There's no, uh, sadly, there are no real life. Uh, you know, there's no real life audio of Nixon talking to the portraits, but there is a depiction uh, of uh, of that scene in Oliver Stone's uh, 1995 movie Nixon. And they look at you to see what they want to be. And they look at me. See what they are. That is the tortured, anguished, paranoid, insecure Richard Nixon looking up at a uh, oil portrait of John F. Kennedy, his nemesis and rivalry and rival. And uh, we don't know that that's what actually happened, but uh, it was kind of a powerful scene um, in that movie. Well, we don't know if Donald Trump is uh, talking to the portraits in the way Richard Nixon was uh, presented uh, in that movie as talking to the portraits. Um, it's, I think, more likely that he's just uh, sitting there uh, tweeting away and um, talking to the TV set. But driven by some of the same kinds of psychological and emotional forces. Indeed. Thanks for listening to this week's Buried Treasure. Tomorrow we'll have a special episode of Skullduggery to talk about my new book, Russian Roulette, written with David Korn. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And also, tell us what you think about Skullduggery. Leave us a review. See you tomorrow. Thank you.